Hello and welcome to another episode of Ideaprov um, with your host, Mike Pedersen. I was thinking around some topics and, and I met my co-creator online and we really just kind of connected with, with the thought process that we're going with this with this episode. Um, and so we'll get into the topic in a minute, but first I want to I want to open up and, and let her know, let everybody know that her name is Zoe. And so I want to bring her in and, and we'll kind of get started after that. So Zoe, how are you today? Well, your day's probably just getting started, but um, hopefully everything's going well for you this past week. Good, good. Hey, Mike. Well, um, good morning from the other side of the world. Yeah, other side of the world. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and what it is. So that way everybody can kind of understand um, what you're all about. Sure. I guess, you know, um, I, I've always been considered as an outlier because, um, you know, I'm someone who's been on the street. Um, I've suffered from mental illnesses um, and, you know, a lot of trauma from a young age. Uh, don't get me wrong. I guess one of the best thing about my life is, and I'm really proud of it, is that I've been able to turn it all around. Um, and, I, you know, one thing I want to do all the time is I'd like to share my story to those, you know, who are currently struggling or, and, um, or you know, anxious to go into relapse you know one of the things that I really enjoy is to you know tell everybody that it doesn't matter how hard you know you know what you're struggling or you know what you're going through you know there is light at the end of the tunnel so yeah I really wanted to share that yeah absolutely and so like while we're on the topic I think this this was gonna be one of the things that you kind of just you know talked about um, as, as far as your segment and the things that you're passionate about so go ahead and tell us a little about like what's what's you know kind of driving you and what's kind of motivating you from from a passion perspective that has your attention um, you know, one of the um, organizations that I love is actually called Are You OK? Uh, it really is, um, you know, talking, asking people, are you OK on a daily basis? Um, you know, how often do you hear people saying, how are you? And people let's say, I'm fine. Um, you know, the essence of really, you know, how are you feeling has disappeared. Um, and sometimes, you know, we, we don't talk to people anymore in that sense of sharing vulnerability. Um, so, and it's learning how to ask, are you OK? And if someone, um, tells you um, I'm not okay you know what do you need to do because often you want to care but you're, you're too scared to ask um, so it's an amazing um, organization where it really prides on saying that you know a conversation could change your life um, you know I've had these conversations where um, you know I've saved I, I, I don't think I saved them but um, you know they were on the verge of you know suicide and you know and Thank you and say, thank you for checking up on me. I was in a very bad place and you pulled me out. Um, I think that means a lot to everyone and it means a lot to me. Absolutely, I think it's something that we kind of get, um, what's the word, just programmed to do, right? And I, I don't know where it comes from. It's one thing that I, I've thought about numerous times is, you know, people just naturally say, hey, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm fine, um, everything's okay. But, you know, it. I think we have to be a little bit better to understand our emotions and realize that there's no way that you could possibly be fine and okay and, and, and great every single time, right? Um, so it's it's interesting that you bring that up. Like, tell us a little bit about like that organization. Is it more of just kind of a call thing where people can call in if they need help? Do they actively reach out to people? Like, how does that work? Um, basically, um, there's a lot of people and it's, uh, for, um, how do I um, talk about this? I have to think of a better way. So, you know, with uh, there's an Are You OK Day every single uh, year and, you know, and everyone would love, you know, it's all about suicide pre prevention. Um, you know, people get involved by, um, you know, getting, um, 
you know, whether it is donating, um, you know, setting up barbecues um, and things like that. So it's really important. It's really cool like that. Um, it's also easy, you know, and the main thing is to get the word out there by just asking, are you okay? And that's what I love about it. It's nothing crazy. It's, you know, they have um, lots of um, little tips on how to ask someone, you know, are you okay? And if someone says, yes, I am, but you feel that there's not, you know, and they're not, then what can you do afterwards? Um, so it's really, really um, just bringing out to life all these little things that we never really think about on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it's good to, to bring to bring those out of, out of people. Now, uh, out of curiosity, if anybody is potentially like not okay or something like that, is there, is it only available in Australia, you know, where, where you reside at the moment? Or is this something, are there affiliate? Um, and you might not know the answer, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just wondering if there's anybody that could be listening that could benefit from it here in the US or in the UK or wherever. Are you okay? It's currently only in um, Australia, but I'm sure that you know there are lots of other organisations that really focus on mental, um, you know, mental well-being and you know suicide prevention um, overseas. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you, that you brought up the, um, you know, the the worrying part of it, and you know the we talked offline about how you know we're stuck in this happiness trap and oftentimes it's you know we always say that we're okay and we're good and, and stuff like that but oftentimes there's stuff that's really um, underneath the surface that we might not be executing on telling people about um, and, and sharing and I feel like sharing is one of those things we probably need to do a little bit more of so that kind of brings me to our episode topic of today and that is how do we stop worrying right so we constantly uh, people worry about all different types of things they're worried about the way people are going to perceive them they're worried about their weight they're worried about their job the kids the you know whether or not they're going to be able to make their next rent or mortgage payment and and oftentimes this stuff carries a lot of emotional baggage um that sometimes you just don't know how to get rid of. So, you know, my first thought to this is, I feel like there's a communication piece that people are just neglecting to share um, the things that they're worried about. And then oftentimes it kind of just sits and weighs on them in a way that is a very negative to their well-being. Is that something that we can kind of like explore? Does that make sense, resonate? Yeah, I think the first thing to really understand and think about is what is worrying, right? Um, you know, like what is worrying to people? Like I consider myself a recovery perfectionist slash people pleaser um, and worrying is, you know, the, probably the death of me every single day. And to fight that every day has been a really long journey. Um, and I guess, you know, Worrying really is just unpleasant thoughts that you can't get out of your head, right? Um, and everyone has different symptoms, whether it is you have a heart, fast heartbeat or a sweaty palms, feeling sick, I'm a shaker, um, or some people will feel really, really hot. Um, and one of the things to understand about worrying is they're just stories. Um, but, you know, what are stories, right? Like, stories are thoughts that have been fused, um, you know, a thought is actually not a fact, which is one of the things, one of the first thing that I really, really had to learn is if I'm having a thought like, oh, um, I'm worried that I'm not good enough or I'm worried that someone doesn't like me, then 
what what you do in your brain is you fuse with it and you actually believe it in it it's like saying hey mike i just met you and um i think that i'm worried that you think that i'm not pretty or something like that and is that really a th- is that really a fact it may be true it may not be true but it's once you fuse that in your brain and you attach emotions to it you know then it becomes true in your head and it's actually a lot harder to battle no, that's a great point because I, I, you know, I never looked at it like that. I had a um, um, a friend of mine that that shared a really powerful uh, statement with me, and she said, you know, oftentimes, you know, worrying or whatever it is that you're concerned about is the story that you're telling yourself, and that doesn't make that doesn't necessarily make it true. And so, what you kind of said really, really stung again because it's it's so effective in that. Oftentimes we don't focus on these things, but because there's an emotion around it, it, we automatically feel it to be true, even though that's not even close to the case. Um, We tend to take it as fact because we feel like maybe the whole world's looking at us and and we're just going about it in a little bit of a different way. You know, the the other part that you brought up is, I think you also have to notice your emotions in the moment right um so when you started talking about sweaty palms or shake or stuff like that like i started thinking like what am i like when i worry like what is what are the how does it manifest itself in the physical and i think those are the things we have to kind of take into account and be more cognizant of so that way we can try and remove that uh that trigger that that's that 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 sensation that, that causes us to do that like what are the what are the ways that we can kind of do that in the moment do you think well I, I guess you know one of the thing is you know thoughts are not facts like I mentioned um, you know they're really just mental events you know that popped up in the mind and it's really dependent on our mood not our emotions actually um, which which is what I find very um, interesting um, but look you know in regards to the symptoms um, the first thing that we need to do is we can control our, what we're thinking, our thought stories. And one of the things that we need to do is diffuse it because the problem is not the story. Um, I mean, negative stories aren't the problem. It's actually getting caught up in them. That's the problem and allowing them to dictate your actions. Um, you know, what you can really do is really remember and you can stop, you know, this will take 30 seconds and say, hey, you know, I am let's just say in my head I've got a oh I'm a loser um, in my head and everything like that what can I do to stop it what can I diffuse um, do to diffuse it one of the things is actually naming it for what it is saying oh he is my I'm a loser story um, and it's really you know w- what people really try to do is people try to change the story they try to avoid it um, but to be honest it never really works how many times have you said I'm not a loser I'm not a loser I'm not a loser but you don't really feel better anyway but when you name it for what it is and saying hey I'm having a thought that I'm a loser um, that really removes the power of it the power of it is, is an important piece because I think if, if it will force you to kind of get out of yourself, get out of your own character, um, and take take a moment and kind of disassociate yourself from it, which can help bring it back to that fact, to the to the point that it's a fact and not, you know, or it's a thought and not a fact, right? Definitely. Um, so those are kind of super important to kind of focus on. Um, I I guess I'm just curious as to. 
for me personally, it's not exceptionally difficult to, to make that step, right? Um, I'm just not a very, I wouldn't call it passionate person, but I don't let my emotions and moods swing very often. Um, but however, I, I realize that some people often act on impulse, right? And it's very strong. Um, and they just can't, you know, whether it's anger or emotion or, or they get the blues. And I'm, I'm thinking for those people who are a little bit more emotional, how, like where, where can you break this cycle? And, and so there's, there's part of it to me that says, hey, you just need to stop doing it. But for them, it feels like that's natural. Um, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts for those, you know, hyperly, I don't want to say me. sensitive, but I am. <laughs> sensitive people. <laughs> like, how, how, do, how does that work for them? Like, how, how do you can really change that? Uh, well, you know, the first thing is to understand that you can change um, and your, you, you know, your emotions don't actually rule you. Um, you know, I have suffered from depression. I am an overly sensitive person. So my, I have lots of ups and downs um, and having to learn to control that, the impulses, uh, you know, the downs to affect whether it's my work or my relationship has been really um, a long road, a difficult journey to, to say the least, um, but it's actually doable. And one of the first thing is actually understanding what emotions are, um, you know, whether and what the difference is. Um, how many, um, how many, how many emotions do you think a, a, a regular human being that has, you know, no understanding of emotions um, would have? How, you know, what are the typical words that do you think uh, people would use or have you used? Oh man, um, from an emotion standpoint, I think there's a people can experience. The very highs and the lows of, 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 you know, for example, rage, anger, um, sadness, uh, depression, uh, general, you know, being melancholy or in the middle, um, excited. So th those are all the ones that can that, that you know come to top of mind. Um, that's great. Like that's already a lot, you know. Uh, um, most people can um, say things like the words that they tend to use or the emotions they tend to say is happy, sad, anger, frustration. That's about you know some of the the big um, big ones, the main ones that people can describe. But it's understanding. I'll give you um, you know what do you think the um, difference between anger and disappointment is? Uh, maybe the lack of control. Uh, I feel like most people, if they're if they're angry, they're just angry at whatever. And I think if they're disappointed, maybe they had some type of control and it didn't go their way, or um, they had some type of expectation and it didn't kind of pan out the way that they intended. That's a that's so good. You know, not everybody can tell you know the difference. And anger, it's really about injustice, whereas um, disappointment has some sort of unmet expectations. Um, so, you know, when you have a child that is throwing a tantrum, I'm just saying, and you know, and as a parent, you don't know how to differentiate or talk to them to understand whether or not they're actually angry or disappointment. You actually don't know how to help them, um, you know, sort out their emotions or work it through with them. And, you know, because, you know, it's, there's actually um, something called a mood meter and it's actually um, put into four quadrants, red, yellow, blue and green. And if you imagine it as four squares, like a graph, um, there's an energy level and a pleasantness to it. Um, and, you know, if you're in the red zone, which is high energy and very low pleasantness, you're experiencing emotions such as like anger, anxiety, fear, 
rage, right? And then you've got the blue, which is low energy, low pleasantness. You're talking about things like loneliness, hopelessness, maybe sadness. Um, and, you know, so that's the, you know, not so pleasant side of the things. And then you have something like uh, the yellow zone, which is the, you know, top right corner, high energy and high pleasantness. Um, and you'll feel things like enthusiasm, joy, excitement. And then you've also got the last quadrant, which is, you know, primarily where I'm at all the time. It's uh, low energy, but high pleasantness. You know, that's things like relaxed, contentment and calm. I'm never really in the top top two zone which is the red and yellow high energy because I'm just regular like I'm just a low energy person um, so it's really important to know how to where you are and to be able to talk about it um, for for those who actually who don't really understand their own emotions or can get quite emotional I'd recommend um, a little rule um, a little um, strategy um, it's actually called ruler um, so r-u-l-e-r um, the first three parts, I think it's uh, the easy parts. The ER is probably the hardest. So the first R is recognize. So, you know, recognizing your emotion in yourself or other people. Um, the second one is understand. So understanding the causes of the emotion and the consequences of it. And then you've also got L, which is labeling your emotions. Most people tend to forget that part um, and, um, and that's where the power takes in. The last two, well, the hardest in my opinion, is expressing, expressing um, emotions appropriately. And the last one is regulating your emotions. That is such a profound, uh, I mean, because I feel like I've, I've, I do that on a regular basis. I've never put an acronym to it. I think that's gonna be super helpful um, for a lot of people because recognizing the emotion like we talked about a few minutes ago and then labeling it and understanding it is a huge avenue to being able to stop and break that cycle of just rampant emotion, you know, call all over the place. Um, that self-awareness is, is a huge idea. And then also like you talked about with the quadrants, like recognizing your energy level and like where you are is massively important to not only the relationships that you build, but then how you communicate, you know, realizing, you know, a, a one that often comes to mind um, is the ability of hunger. Like oftentimes people just don't eat and then they end up getting hangry because they forget to eat or something like, like that. And then they come across in, in a crazy, you know, emotional state. Um, and then they, you know, they pop back and be like, oh yeah, I was just hungry. And it's like, it's okay, cool. But at the same time, like I'm not responsible for your stomach and whether or not you're hangry at me for things that I can't control. Um, <laughs> My partners, I always say that because I get very hangry and I just don't talk. And he would just like get me some chocolate or some food. And then, you know, I'll look at him with the worst resting bitch face and then he goes just eat you'll be better in five minutes and then my mood changes completely in five minutes and he would just laugh um. <laughs> so true and the thing is it's the littlest thing like like my partner yes. is the same way and and she loves her coffee in the morning and it's great and then she'd be like no i'm not hungry and i said you're not hungry now when that coffee runs out and you're in the middle of meetings and stuff like that it, you're going to get a little feisty you know if we're traveling or going somewhere this is gonna happen she's like i'm not hungry now it's like it doesn't matter if you're not hungry now just in three hours when there's no food around and your, your stomach is eating your back i'm not i don't want to be in the middle 
you know, and, and those are the type of things that people can take a moment and like recognize. And so if you're going into a tough, um, a tough conversation or, you know, like a meeting or, or, or want to have a difficult something like you have to recognize these things and that's going to help you prevent, you know, negative interactions, which in turn will help prevent worrying about them as well. So managing Definitely. that, I think, is, is a huge aspect of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's really funny that you talked about the energy bar and you know you're talking about it uh, you know we're talking about it right now from a hunger level right but how many people actually talk about their own mental state as an energy if you see it as a battery right uh, you know you're not always going to be a hundred percent and you know one of the interesting things that my family does um, is we have our own energy bar so we see it as a battery and then we also have a family battery so sometimes we have conversation and I'll come home and I'll say, look, my personal battery, it's about 50% at the moment. Um, I do need some time alone and everyone knows to, I need a lot of alone time. I'm an introvert, so they know to leave me alone. Um, and another thing is the family energy bar. Recently, my partner um, has been made redundant. Uh, you know, my, my daughter's a 13 year old, so you can imagine how fun it is, um, you know, being in a house with a 13 uh, year old hormonal growing girl who, you know, is smarter than you at everything, um, but not really kind of thing. <laughs> um, and sometimes we have to have emergency plans. So if we say, if one day I say, oh, my energy level today is 10%. Um, and we say that our emergency plan has to pop up when there's 50%, when every the collective energy in the house is under 50%, we have to pull out our emergency plan. Um, you know, and you know, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, what is our emergency plan? Um, and it's saying more cat puns. We've got two cats at home. So, you know, we'll, we'll do more cat, cat puns. Um, we'll do random dances. Um, what are other, some of the things, no sarcasm. My family, uh, both my daughter and my partner are the most sar sarcastic, cynical people in the world compared to me who is you know I'm an emotional wreck sometimes so uh, they can be for, you know sometimes what they say can really hurt me so I have to say that that's what I have to put in right uh, we say no mean words no nice words with a mean face um, so you know there are little things to talk about my, my my partner would come home sometimes and say I've had a really bad day my energy level is really low and my, my daughter would be like oh actually my energy level today is at 80% I can I can lift the family back up um, and is to share the energy around so you know your personal energy bar and your family energy bar and your relationship bar you know for um you know my my partner right now is um normally um a little bit lower than me i would say um it's normally the other way around because i'm the emotional one um so he normally lifts me back up um but whereas now i i tend to be the one that's um you know lifting um that at the moment and there's always ups and downs with everybody and your relationships and your energy so it's important to recognize that and really talk about that with everybody that communication piece is, I think, almost, I would venture to say, almost more important than, than the checking in piece because the communication piece allows you to not only know about yourself, but know about others. Um, and, and without actively communicating, it's something that my partner and I could probably do a little bit better with, but um, is we both have times in which we just need a little space. And 
she realizes that similar to, to yourself, I'm more of an introvert. Um, I have times in which, you know, pre-COVID life, I, I would say, hey, yeah, we can go out, you know, and we might hit a restaurant or, or something like that, hit the movies, you know, go out for a walk and be a little bit more active and, you know, extroverted. And I said, that'll happen for two, three weeks. And then I need two or three weeks of just kind of chill and I'll be a homebody. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need to see anybody. I don't need to do anything. Um, and it's worked out in really a good balance. At the same time, with just having a, a recent young one, um, the stressors of life kind of build up at moments, you know? So, you know, whether it's the feeding and all that kind of stuff, then you have work that's involved, then you have um, the spouse meter, the, the dad meter, the, um, the household chores meter, all these different things. And we've kind of come to this a great realization, a good balance in that, like, I'll take care of all those things during the week. However, Friday and Saturday night, once everybody goes to bed, I'm gonna sit up and watch Netflix or, or play video games or whatever it is that I feel like doing. And that's my time to recharge my batteries how I see fit. Um, whatever that might be, sometimes I'll go on a walk or, or whatever the case is. Um, but I think it's very important to communicate those needs to the people in your life that you feel closest to because then they're going to be able to voice and, and help you out in, um, in your times of need when that battery is low. Um, and I, th I think that's a huge piece. Like, like you're talking about, it's great that you guys can, can just come in the, in the home and check in on each other um, from a family perspective. I'm like, wait, where's your battery level? Like, where are you at? Um, I think that's huge from a, yeah, I, I just from a household healthiness. from is because my partner and my daughter are people who don't like to talk about emotions. They're, you know, they're fairly, um, I would say, calm, um, you know, whereas I'm, a, you know, high tide waves, like high and low waves. So, and um, I needed to learn, I, 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 I used to worry a lot because they were always, say, they always say they're fine. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm chilled. I'm relaxed. Yeah, nothing great. How's your day, Baba? And she'll be like, oh good, that's it. Um, and I, I just, couldn't get through to them so I actually had a you know family meeting and I was like look guys um, I feel a little bit uh, disappointed because I share my emotions I share my thoughts what I'm going through every single day because I think it's really important to share this with you guys but I feel like you guys are not um, you know reciprocating um, and it you know once we got down to that it actually came down that my partner and my daughter does not like to talk about emotions because they felt like it was weak uh, talking about emotions and sharing that oh you've had a shitty day is weak and they don't want you to worry um, and that's where it all you know came from and I actually had to really tell them that hey you know when you don't talk to me and I sense it I actually worry more um, and then and I think that comes down to vulnerability isn't it it's um, people don't like to tell people that they're suffering because it you know it's a sign of weakness or that something is wrong I think it goes back to that um, you know when we first started and our conversation about the happiness trap is like people think that happiness is supposed to be the natural state for human beings right and that if you're not happy you're defective but that's not true um, and it really it is a hard thing because society has taught us and brought us up to not really share these things. If you tell someone that you're not feeling good today, oh, are you depressed? Are you having the blues? Um, like emotions, um, 
if you're not feeling positive emotions, you're not normal or something is wrong with you. And we just have to break that cycle. Yeah, that cycle is um, is important because I, I don't, I think people give too much value to the good emotions and don't really understand any what would be perceived as negative emotions, right? So if you're feeling a little blah, or if your battery's a little down, if you're feeling a little sad, or you had a rough day at work, like those have just as much weight as the positive ones when you're excited, when you're happy, and whatever. Um, and I think people have to realize that it, that emotional state, that mood, is only temporary. Like it's not, it's not, it's not a forever thing. It's like not once you get sad, you're gonna be sad for the next week or the next month or whatever the case is. Like I'm just sad for potentially maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then I'll snap out of it. Um, or, or maybe it's a day, or I just need to recharge. I mean, for me personally, um, I've gone through some, you know, some job things in the past in which like I've applied for positions or roles haven't gotten the job and of course you get that rejection letter and you don't feel great like there's rejection there you know when you ask somebody out on a date and somebody says you know no or i'm already taken yeah there's rejection there but we need to kind of get used to seeing that in a more shorter time frame because yes i didn't get that job i'm sad for 20 minutes i'm sad for half an hour but then after that Everything kind of balances out, you know, I do some things to get my level back up or whatever the case may be. So realizing that those emotions are shorter and temporary and they're not permanent, I think is a huge key to get people to have a better balance within yeah, and, you and know, potentially stop worrying. Thing, you know, this is more of my personal story is, you know, when I was younger and I had depression uh, for a very long time and then postnatal depression. And one of the things that I've noticed now that I'm out of that cycle and have really healed from it is that my depression actually came from me not allowing myself to feel. Um, you know, it really came from me saying, oh, you know, uh, you can't cry. Crying is a sign of weakness. You can't feel bad. You know, what's so sad about your life? And the more I won't or, you know, denied myself from feeling these negative emotions or got angry, you know, was angry at myself for feeling the emotions, the harder it was and the worse it got. You know, whereas now for me, I, I can tell you now, my, 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 my daughter laughs and she has a whole list of uh, the reasons that I cry. I cry over anything and I cry for five minutes and I'm okay again. I'm stressed, I cry, I release it and it's gone. Um, and it's really learning to not hold on to them and acknowledging, hey, I'm, I'm feeling crap. Acknowledge it, sit with it, um, allow it, um, feel it, and then it'll get better. You know, you know, the only time you really have to worry is if you're feeling depressed or blues or really, really sad consistently for more than a few weeks. That's, you know, that's when the triggers, that's where the signs are. It's okay to feel sad if you're grieving, if, you know, you've got a rejection from a job or something. It's okay to feel not that great for a couple of days. You need to, you know, you need to allow your time, your, your own brain and your body to process it, right? Yeah, you need to allow that time for, for your body to kind of figure out what you need to right the ship, right? So sometimes, you know, we all get off, off path and, you know, might end up a little sad. But um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, from that perspective, do you feel like everybody has their own method of, um, I guess, kind of riding the ship and kind of breaking that cycle to kind of, you know, re refill and recharge in their appropriate way? Or is it 
Do you think that there's a, I don't want to say a universal method, but some common tips and, and tricks that uh, people can use I think to that break everyone, that cycle? The, the universal thing that I think really will work for everyone is ruler. Um, you know, I think the RUL really, um, it's an internal thing where everybody can do um, and it's the same process and I, I'm sure that that will work. I think it's more the expressing and regulating um, that can be, um, you know, individual. For example, I, I, um, I write a lot when I am feeling down um, because my worries are my stories in my head. Um, and, you know, everything in your head, it seems a little bit more dramatic, doesn't it? Um, you know, or, you know, when you think something is wrong or when you think something is right and you say it out loud, it sounds very different. And when you write it out, um, write it down is very different. So when I have a lot of negative thoughts or I'm worrying a lot, what I actually do is I write everything down and then I, uh, I'm not the most uh, factual person or um, my, 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 my partner would call me I'm an emotional wreck because I'm not the most logical because I'm just overwhelmed with emotions all the time. I feel everything. They call me a high, highly sensitive person and an empath. So that, that kind of, it, it's good and bad. Um, but that means that I need to work a lot on, um, on these things. I would actually write down every single one of my worry. Uh, worry and then I will actually have to work them out and see if they're true or not um, I'll give you an example um, you know I'm worried that I'm not good enough um, then I'll write that down and then I'll start writing th questions why am I not good enough because I feel like uh, I am not where I'm at yet so what is where you are at and I will continuously do that and break it down until my brain is like oh that's just a story now, some people might find it a lot easier to diffuse their story by just saying, oh, he's my I'm not good enough story. Uh, some people find it more difficult. In that case, this is me where I actually need more time to write it all out and work it out. It's, it's a perfect it's, it's a perfect example because I partially do the same thing as well. So um, I know for me, when I get a little bit too far into into my emotions or I have something to say oftentimes I will turn inward and I will consistently think and run in this circle and, and, and loop and um, it'll take me before I remember it would, uh, with my partner and I would uh, it would take us maybe about two to three days to kind of get back in sync and then over time, you know, um, whenever she was out of sync or I was out of sync, um, we would just communicate it more effectively. And so it would, it would drop down to two days. And then, you know, after a while we've been together a couple of years, it would drop down to a day. And then now it's down to probably like 15, 20 minutes because we communicate about that. But previously before, what I would do is I would kind of stew and marinate on it and I would write as well. And I would write this like you know, this page or two pages about everything that's just running through my head. And then at the end, I would stop and I would look and I'd read about it. And I was like, this is all just words on a piece of paper. This is, this is none of this is true. They're just you stories you're telling in your head? That's just the stories that I tell myself. And, and the thing is, at, at one point, I got, you know, I, I drummed up the courage and, and I shared one of the stories with her. And, you know, she, she heard all of it and she was like, hey, I get it. This resonates all. She's like, but I, but the things that you're writing on this page, the things that are in your head, are not how I feel about you or how I feel about anything that's happened between us. She's like, I don't see any truth in this. And so it, it was really an eye-opening moment for me to kind of look at it and say, okay, this is 
this is how I feel, but that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it what it is. And I think that ruler method is is super crucial to be able to to help find your restart, right? Find your yeah. your method for whatever it is. So for you, um, partially for me, it's writing. For some people, it could be exercise. For some people, it could be getting outside the house. For some people, it just could be talking, the mental alone time. Maybe it's time with friends. Whatever it is that you need to do to kind of restart um, your mental state in a good area to kind of prevent and break the cycle, I think is, is a huge as aspect of it. Yeah, um, I mean, one of the good things is to actually write down what are your negative, what are your negative go-tos and your positive go-tos. Um, one of the things I notice is when I'm going down, um, what are the behaviors that I go to? Binge eating, um, chocolate, too much chocolate, you know, not one, you know, not one line, but, you know, ended up eating a whole bar, binging on Netflix um, endlessly, scrolling on my phone, um, just playing Candy Crush or random games that I don't usually play. So those are my negative uh, emotion regulators, what I call them. Um, and, you know, I we all have a piece of paper at home with the front and back. Um, and so we know what our own uh, regulating emotions, uh, behaviors are. Um, and I always tell my partner that, you know, if you see me doing this, doing these things too much, you need to remind me. Now I get snappy. I'm a snappy person sometimes. So uh, we've had to learn that he can't just tell me, hey, you should not do this. He has to be very nice. Babe, I think you should go out on a walk and things like that. So we've learned that the hard way because I because I'm like, these are my, uh, you know, if you recognize me doing these, um, please tell me that didn't work out very well for a few occasions. So, you know, now we've learned how, how to deal with it or for each other. My positive emotional regulating um, behaviors are uh, painting, writing, going to the gym, going out for a walk, yoga, um, and things like that. So, um, you know, so it's, you know, we encourage each other to do these things when we notice that we're, you know, on the other side of the page. Um, but it's hard, really. You don't know what are the positives or the negatives. How much Netflix is good and how much Netflix is bad. That's a great point because, of course, the way Netflix is built, it wants you to watch another episode at all times. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested because you, you talked about the positive and negative go-tos um, and kind of reevaluating. So let's say that you have a, a, a negative spell, right? And you write the ship with a positive spell um, and then you end up in a good positive state. How, do you, how would you view that particular sequence of events? Um, for example, would it, would it be something that you should kind of review and revisit and say, hey, listen, this is what led me to that negative state and how I got myself out of it so that way you could try and prevent it again? Or would it be just something that you just kind of let go by the wayside and just say, hey, I righted the ship, everything is, is good until my next bad one? I think I'm a combination of both, you know, that sometimes, um, you know, things happen. I would say probably the bigger events that cause the negative um, behaviors, those are the ones I really recognize. And I think I consciously allow myself to get into the negative, um, you know, behaviors that I tend to do and knowing that it's bad for you, um, but you still do it anyway because you, you, I think you pray that you'll feel better or at that moment you feel better. Um, it's a short, short term fix, I would say. Um, and it's really knowing when to stop 
but I find it very difficult to stop. It's like Netflix, right? You watch one one episode, you watch the second episode, and by that time I've sat there for six hours. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and it's how do you stop that, right? Um, or when do you need to stop it? It's probably the best, uh, the, one of the biggest questions I have for myself is, yes, one episode is good for me, two, maybe three, you know, but by the sixth one, um, you know, then you're like, okay, my back is hurting, I'm not eating, I'm binge eating, um, what do I need to do to get myself out um, and how do I get myself out? So for me to break my cycle, I actually put an alarm on. Um, so, you know, my brain is saying, hey, okay, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. And what I do is, you know, okay, this is my last one. And I'm like, even though I want to keep going, I'll put an alarm on, like a crazy alarm um, that would just wake my brain up. And then I'll be like, okay, I just need to get out. The moment I get out of my house for a two minute walk, then, then that cycle stops very quickly. Excellent. Yeah, I think it was, um, it was a, I think it was just a negative job thing a while back that, that had, had me personally in that, in that mindset. And I said, you know, I got to find a way to kind of rebalance that. And once I got it rebalanced, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, do I, do I look back at that situation and, and see how to prevent it? Or do I just kind of recognize what happened and, and be aware of the signs? Um, and I think you, you brought up a good point in, in the fact that when you notice, if you're in a negative area, um, when you notice that you're in that negative area, you have to start to take some steps, right? Take those steps to be able to right the ship. So put that alarm on or go take that walk or, or find whatever it is. Even, I think it's important to, to get out, I think, because you know the color green is apparently very good for health in, in, a, in a large sense so getting outside or something like that even if it's for a couple of minutes can change the, the whole mindset of of the individual or smiling or smiling yeah and just force it upon yourself yeah it, when yeah, you smile for more than 30 seconds it actually um starts your brain up to think that you're actually having positive emotions so even though you're feeling super crap and you don't want to smile if you force your smile yourself to move that muscle up um, for long enough it'll actually cut that cycle see th those are the tips and stuff that i think are are huge for people to to grasp onto it's awkward um, but it they works. need to know <laughs> it, yeah and the thing is half the time you know we're always awkward and just to re and that's another thing that i that i kind of want to just touch on really quick is that whether you're two years old or 200 years old nobody has any of this life stuff figured out in some way shape or form like nobody's perfect we're all deficient in some way or shape or form you know, whether it's monetarily, in your career, in your private life, in your, you know, if you have children and don't have kids or you want to travel and you didn't or whatever the case may be. So you have to realize that uh, oftentimes we hold ourselves to this gold standard of this magical, per perfect person in our heads of what we were supposed to do. And we have this illusion of our perfect life that whatever we achieve, it will never be good enough. I think we have to kind of have a reckoning with ourselves to say, hey, it's it, it's okay that you didn't do X or do Y or whatever, and be appreciative of the things that you do have. It's easier said than done, I get that, but um, I think that'll help as well. Don't you think that that's uh, uh, underneath it all, it's actually an ego thing? 
um, it's uh, you know it's you know it's either oh you know I'm not good enough I want to get there so I need to be there so you're comparing yourself or oh I'm living in the worst I'm alone uh, you know I, I'm going through everything uh, nobody understands me and everything like that and and the one thing that I think anyone who's worrying or anyone that's suffering at all is to remember that you're not alone um, you know, when you're going through these um, experiences, all I can tell you is you feel like you're in a black tunnel by yourself and you can't find the light at the end of the tunnel and you've, you're all alone and, you know, no one can help you. You can't help yourself. Um, but, you know, if anyone is listening and is feeling that way, just remember that someone out there is feeling the same way and is going through the same thing as you might not be the exactly the same experience but the emotions that we share um globally whether you know you're you're from uk or uganda or china or anywhere the emotions that we all feel in this world as human beings are the same that's a it's an eloquent point because i think people just need to reach out and realize that Oftentimes, maybe there's somebody that went through that exact same situation. And whether it's a support group, a family member, a friend, you know, voicing that, and it kind of, it kind of brings us full circle back into that communication aspect. Um, because you're not alone. You know, there's 7 billion people on the planet, right? There's got to be somebody that has, that resonates with you at some level. Um, it's just your, you have to find them. You have to reach out and there's this wonderful magical place called the internet um, <laughs> where I think it's a fantastic place to do that. I mean, as it is, you know, we're, we're having this conversation about it and you have to think it, this can affect so many people in so many countries, so many places, you know, reach out there, send a text, send a, send a, send an email, you know, join a support group. So that way, when you are feeling a little off in your own personal life, you can just reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I'm a little off. You know, can you, can you, let's have a quick conversation. I need 15, 20 minutes that I just need to vent about whatever's going on in my life. And that blowing off that steam is, I think, so profound for people and in, in the ability to stop their worrying kind of loop that they get in. Yeah. Another thing that I would recommend is, you know, if you don't, if you feel like you've got no one to talk to, you can't reach out to anyone, try actually writing it and then burning it it actually you know it's one of the things that i used to do as a teenager um you know i i went through therapy from i started therapy from the age of 12 and i would say that nothing worked um no, none of the strategies or anything worked until i was about 27. um and i would say um the main cause of that was because I felt alone um, that none of the strategies worked because I thought they won't work. I was just, I was like, yeah, I'm broken. I'm so broken that none of this will work. Um, and then um, the moment it clicked with me and said, and I thought to myself, I am the only person that can fix myself or, you know, heal. That was the moment when everything in therapy um, or every, every strategy that my psychologist gave me started working. But yeah, how long did um, that take me? 15 years, really. <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Lots of psychologists, lots of counselors, lots of workers. And they gave me the same strategy in the last 15 years, but none of them worked until I said I wanted it to work. Uh, it, and it's funny that you bring up the write and burn because I, 
I totally had left that from my memory, um, but I want to say it was about two years ago. Um, we had a tragic event with with, uh, with my partner, and we went to what's called a light festival, in which they you light off the, um, I think they're the Chinese lanterns, uh-huh. and you go there at about two o'clock. If you, for all those who are out there, if you have ever have the ability to do one of these, do it. Um, and you, you, they give you a lantern, and you write. Everything that you, your, your wishes, your hopes, your, your dreams, every, any type of negative, anything that you have on there, um, missed op, you know, op, opportunities, whatever it is. And so go there at two, two o'clock. It was fantastic. Um, you had food and drinks and all that kind of stuff. You write that. And then once sundown hits, everybody lights their lanterns and they all go up in the air or you, or you roll them out on a, on, a, on a flat river or something like that. And... I remember they just paid, played this calm music during it, and there wasn't a dry eye in that place. And it just it just floods your whole body with all these emotions that you've been repressing for so long, and to finally get it out there and just like let it go in the space. Like nobody has to read your stuff or, or know about it, but um, it's a very symbolic way to relieve yourself of a lot of pent up energy yeah. that's not helpful for you. But imagine how many people, like those people that were there. I've done this before in China, and it's the best experience ever. I do it every time I go back because it's just so beautiful. Um, but imagine if you do that on a daily basis, you know, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, and you don't need to hold this to once a year. Um, how much would that be? How good would that be for your body, your soul, and your mind? Yes, that that is well put because I felt when I did it. At the time, I was, I don't know, maybe 32. Like, I felt like I was easily letting go of 15, 20 years worth of repressed emotions that I had dealt with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, if that was for so long, like, why, why don't you just, you know, do it more often and give yourself that permission to let those things go? And when you let those things go, it's a magical on the other side. It really is. Yeah, but you know, you know what, what is... People put so much emphasis on the physical health, eating vegetables, drinking water, sleeping enough, but no one really takes care of their mental health, really. Um, you know, it's something that everyone ignores on a daily basis until um, something really goes wrong. I like to think of, um, you know, your mental health as a closet. Um, you know, what you do is, are you going to clean it out on a daily basis, on a regular basis to make sure it's neat and tidy and it looks great? Or are you someone that just shoves everything in, you buy new clothes, you shove new things at the back, and then you've got boxes everywhere. And then when it's all full one day, you open your closet and it falls on you. There's dust, there's cockroaches, there's bugs and everything. And you're like, ew. And how much work do you need to do? And how many hours of your life do you need to actually fix that? So that's how I see mental health. And if you look after your mental health, it affects your physical health as well. And your relationships i think everybody needs to see my my daughter and i we don't like to call the psychologist a psychologist because there's just such a negative connotation to it and we actually call her our brain coach you know because it's helping us learn strategies on how to live our lives to the best of our abilities because we see doctors for health checks and everything but no one sees a brain coach until something's wrong you know so you know i'm it's such a um, one thing that I really want to I want everyone is to see a psychologist and it doesn't mean that something is wrong with you we have to break that stigma 
we do have to break that stigma and that was going to bring me to kind of like my last point because i know we're running running a little short on time which is um breaking that stigma around just understanding that we can always be better from a mental state you know that it's not it, there's, there's no stigma in seeing a psychologist, you know, about some of the issues, you know, or having somebody to talk to or reaching out whenever, you know, you might be in, in necessary or or reaching out when you're when you're doing well and you want to reinforce good behaviors and you want to tell people about good things. And you say, hey, listen, I've been on a really good path for a little while. And this is this is something that's really positive for me, you know, um, and I hope that's what a lot of people get from from this podcast today is, is the ability to to pull in and, and break that stigma and find different ways that they can um, improve the way that they look at their mental well-being, um, especially the worrying aspect of it, because I, I feel like that can lead to very dark places at times. Definitely. And people like to bond. Human beings like to bond over negativity. Um, you know, if you think about it, 80% of our thoughts have some sort of negative content. How scary is that? So it's so easy for us to bond over, oh, I'm having a crappy day, Mike. And you'll be like, oh, me too, you know. Um, but if someone says, oh, I'm having a great day and you're not having a good day, the likelihood of you thinking, um, oh, well, you're just boasting. Um, instead of being happy for them, it's very, very high. Um, so we need to learn to be there for people who are not feeling good, but also not judge people for having a good day. judging people for having a good day because what tends to happen and and let me know if you feel the same way is when people have a good day it almost feels like you instantly have to compare so how was how was my day versus their day and it becomes this tug of war of why my day is the way it is and why are you so happy and what makes you so special And, and then you get a little bit of resentment on the other side, when you hear somebody say, oh, I'm not having a good day, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with them, you know, like they're not in their in their happy state or something like that. And so we automatically get to this judgment instead of just, yeah, and it's judgment and comparing instead of just seeing it for what it is and being okay. Oh, they're happy today. Oh, they're sad today. Oh, whatever it is that they are today. And that's okay. That's just, that's just today. That has nothing about yesterday or nothing about tomorrow. Hmm? And you know what they say, worrying means you suffer twice. (laughs) That is exactly it. So while we, um, I think we got a lot of good stuff, I'm going to go ahead and kind of wrap it up and and bring bring us to uh, a close in in a really cool way. So um, I'm going to rattle off some of the high points and insights that we have, Mm -hmm. and then let me know if I missed anything. So how do we stop worrying? So one of the things we want to do is we want to kind of control and be mindful of our our thinking and control your symptoms, you wanna make sure to name your story. So the story that you're telling yourself, it probably isn't true, but make sure that you name it, you call it out loud so that way you can recognize how to change it. Follow the ruler method, which would be to recognize your emotions, understand, label, um, express them, and then regulate them accordingly. You wanna check your battery and be okay with communicating about your battery. Come up with a plan to be able to restart your battery um, whenever you can, so that way you can kind of balance yourself out. Another one is you wanna be able to find that restart and what actually gets you to 
a more positive state. So whether or not that's writing your emotions and thoughts down, that's uh, getting outside for a walk, doing some exercise, yoga, painting, whatever it is that, that, that you need to get done. Recognize your go-tos, both on a negative level and a positive level. So when you're starting to feel a little bit out of balance, which ones that you go to, and then also uh, ways to kind of pull yourself out of that. Um, realize that your ideal self doesn't exist. Stop comparing, stop judging. Um, did I miss anything? No, I couldn't have put a better word. I think we got a lot of great information as far as things to share, tips to share um, with people and kind of crafted a way to be able to, to stop worrying that I think people can actually get on board with and actually uh, understand the way that they think and kind of provide a better mental state for them on a consistent basis. So um, with that, I have to say, Zoe, thank you so much for, for being a part of the show. And I think the insights and stuff that you brought have been, you know, remarkable. Some of the stuff, you know, it's kind of, uh, I would have never been able to think of or, or think of by myself, you know. So uh, thank you for bringing your perspective and, and your full self and, and sharing all the insights that you that you had with us today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this vervent conversation. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so for all the listeners, we'll definitely get a link in the description to um, the Are You OK? So that way, if you happen to be in the Australia um, area you can uh, and, and need some assistance or need some help, you can kind of reach out and, and chat there. Um, for everybody else, we can always continue the conversation. You can reach out to us on all of our social media handles at, at IdeaProv. And then stay tuned for after the break for the uh, IdeaProv Insider. For this IdeaProv Insider, I want to share with you Mini Forests by Akira Maiwaki. Um, these are tiny little forests that help bring back biodiversity and help fight climate change. So these forests can be as small as a tennis court and they pretty much plant three different types of plants within a one, one to three meter radius um, to be able to improve biodiversity. So this can bring back plants and animals back to the area, help pollinate crops, um, improve cover for cities, reduce the carbon footprint. So I thought from an idea prop perspective, you know, these can be built around factories or industrial areas um, to help reduce noise and improve the air quality for those residents closely surrounding it. So I thought I wanted to share with you. Um, I'd be excited to hear what you guys think and see where these can potentially be developed next. So until next time. Thank you.